Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we interview marathon swimmers to get perspective on how to endure, adapt, and overcome the challenges we face swimming and in life. Please enjoy this episode. All right, Elaine, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Purposefully vague. <laughs> Purposefully vague. Okay, so my name's Elaine. I live in uh, Waltham, Massachusetts. I grew up in New Jersey, uh, just outside of Philadelphia. Um, I am a product of the fine South Jersey Summer Swimming League ecosystem. Uh, I started doing club swimming in middle school because uh, I wanted to swim year-round instead of just in the summers. Um, I swam in high school and I walked onto the team at Georgetown as a sophomore. I had spent freshman year rowing crew and being pretty miserable on top of the water, so I decided to try my luck getting back into it. Uh, best decision I ever made. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I took about five years off after I finished college. I went into the Peace Corps <clears throat> in Ukraine. Um, I came home to no money, no job, no place to live. Um, so I, that's how I ended up here in Massachusetts. Uh, my brother had taken a job with MIT and had a spare bedroom in Framingham. So I moved in with him. Uh, I spent about two years there and then uh, moved to Waltham and I not quite been able to break the bonds of Waltham. <laughs> uh, it was as far east as I could afford to live by myself, so that's how I ended up here. Um, but uh, somewhere through all of that, uh, like when I first moved up to Massachusetts, I started working at uh, the, the pool that my brother swam at, um, and uh, that's how I kind of got integrated with uh, an open water group here. There was a I would show up in my Georgetown swimming and diving stuff, but uh, one of the, I'd say she's pretty much the matriarch of pretty much all of Metro West swimming. She, she would come up to me and be like, you wear this stuff, but we never see you swimming. Are you sure you're a swimmer? So, <laughs> so she sort of browbeat me into it. And I ended up, and that's when I, Greg O'Connor, who, suggested that, uh, well, he said to me he needed somebody to train with um, for the eight mile Boston light swim in 2005 or six, I guess that was. And uh, he said, you know, I know you used to be an ocean lifeguard. So I don't know, you're probably not afraid of the water. You want to do it with me? And again, that was probably the second best decision I ever made. Although I blame him for everything that's ever gone wrong since. So, um, so that's it. And that shell just been swimming longer and longer since that first Boston light in 2006. And I now direct a Boston light. Uh, Greg and I took it over in 2009 and he retired from active duty last year. Um, yeah. So that's the nutshell. <laughs> awesome. Where's your favorite place to swim? Oh, gosh. There's so many. Um, I guess probably on a consistent basis, my favorite place is probably Lake Katituit in Wayland. Um, that, as I mentioned, that, that matriarch of the group, her name's Pam, Pam O'Neill. She has this beautiful house on the lake that she opens up to her swimmer friends uh, in the summer. So we have private access to the water, um, access to showers, outdoor showers at the end of the swim. 
Um, and it's, it's about to, to do a loop around the lake is about, takes me about an hour and a half. Um, so it's not huge, but it's big enough that, you know, I can feel pretty comfortable doing loops and stuff. In fact, I did a 24 hour training swim there, uh, on the summer solstice a few years back when I was training for Lake Ponderay. Um, so you can literally swim in that lake at any time. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's, it's really, it's just a really tranquil, beautiful place. There's, there's boats and stuff, so you have to be careful, but um, I don't know. That's my, that's my stomping ground. That's my home base. Cool. Um, why do you swim marathons? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I don't really know. <laughs> Some of it is falling in with the, the wrong crowd, you know, making friends with people like Greg and, um, I think there's more to it though than just that for me. It's, um, I like the challenge. Uh, and I think some of it was perfect time. And Greg uh, asked me about that just as I was finishing grad school. So I was like ready for the next thing. Um, you know, and I think for, for me, it's just a really, um, it's a way to celebrate being alive, you know, and, and see the world and, I mean, I've seen places I never would have had the opportunity or a reason to visit otherwise, like Northern Idaho. Why the hell would I go to Northern Idaho? And now it's like one of my most favorite places on earth with some of my most favorite people. So, you know, it's really kind of expanded my horizons. And so I, it's, it's, a, it's a good excuse to travel. Um, but the, the physical also, it's, it's a moving meditation for me. Um, and so uh it's very good for my mental health said um how do you describe the feeling of completing a marathon swim um there's usually a sense of relief um uh often there's some exhaustion and maybe a little bit of pain um usually a lot of gratitude that i had the the ability to do it and that i had the support to make it happen because uh, these things don't happen in a vacuum uh there's usually a whole bunch of people who um who are probably at least as tired as i am if not more so because they've been up all night and they've been you know having to deal with the boat and the seasickness and stuff so you know it's a real it's a real mixed bag of emotions um uh I think, I think for me, I, there's, there's more power in the doing than in the completion. Uh, but yeah, it does feel good to finish. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what's your favorite event that you've participated in? Okay, the, the, it just got all... <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like somebody just started like a, a rock tumbler or something right next to your speaker. So, sorry. <laughs> what was the question? I said, what's your favorite all-time event? Yeah, see, that's hard because they're all like my children, you know? Like, it's hard to pick. I, I mean, I don't have children, but I have cats. And, you know, you like them in different ways. And, you know, I think it's hard to single out a, a particular one. Um, I think if I, had to, if I had to choose one, I would probably say, like, Ponderay. Uh, because um, it was something I really wasn't sure I could do. It was uh, 32.3 miles, which for me was, was a step up in distance. Um, it hadn't been done before, so I wasn't even certain whether it could be done. Um, 
and uh, I think on that swim, I just had such incredible support from the local community. Um, and I really felt like I connected with people who weren't part of marathon swimming. They were just enthusiasts of the lake and the local region and stuff. And, um, you know, it was just a really, really special experience to be part of that and to um, kind of see, you know, again, like I said, a, a part of the world that, you know, I would have never dreamed to go to Northern Idaho for any other reason other than to see this big lake. And, and now it's, it's like my lake, you know, and it's, um, it's, uh, that was a really cool, that was a really cool experience. I remember watching, or, yeah, I remember, yeah, they, they brought, I, I remember following that one. That was really, really neat yeah. to see, I guess, maybe, because I was in Idaho for so long. I was, yeah. jumped right on that. <laughs> yeah, there was a, we had a videographer on board. I'm going to try and put these back in. Like, mm -hmm. Okay, good. It's not screeching at me anymore. I don't know if it was me or what, but yeah. the wonders of Zoom. <laughs> Yeah, there was a videographer who came along with us and he put together a little five minute film about the swim and it, that's like a really cherished um, artifact <laughs> that I have from that swim. You know, it's, um, I think he did a beautiful job capturing what it was about and why we were out there. Elaine, how did you pick Pondere? So, okay. <laughs> um, so professionally, I'm a writer. Um, and in 2011, I was working on a story for Swimmer Magazine. That's the, uh, the USFS publication um, about vegan athletes. And one of the sources that I ended up uh, interviewing was a man named Eric Ridgeway who lives in Sandpoint, Idaho. Uh, he's head of the, well, I don't, I'm not sure that they even still exist or not, but he was involved with a group called the Sandpoint Vegetarians. Um, and he also is, was the founder and organizer of the Longbridge Swim, which is one of the longest, uh, one of the biggest open water swims in the country. They get about 700 people or so every year. It's a oh. 1.7 mile swim um, across the top, very top of the lake. Um, they have like this big old um, uh, railroad bridge that goes across the top part of the lake. Um, and so they, for this event, they actually, they get in at one side and swim the length of the long bridge swim at the, the long bridge, the other side of the lake. And uh, so uh, he ended up as one of my contacts for the story and he's a counselor by trade um, and he's incredibly friendly and super curious about other people. So after I interviewed him, he turned the tables and started interviewing me. <laughs> and he wanted to know what I was about and, you know, if I swam. And so it emerges piece by piece that I do marathon swimming. And he says, ah, I've got a lake for you. <laughs> I was like, hey then. Okay. So it took three years to get it to work into the schedule and get all the logistics planned and stuff. But it was Eric brought me out there. It was all, all Eric's fault. <laughs> And he was great. He was on board for the swim itself and just an incredibly positive, supportive individual. I mean, he's just, Eric is something else. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, what's the swim that you're most proud of? Um, I, probably Loch Ness. Um, that one was really, really hard. That one took me right to the edge of my um, abilities. Uh, the water was between 51 and 54 degrees the entire way, uh, 22 plus miles. Um, we had very little uh, 
heat from the air. I guess the water, the air temperature was probably in the 60s. Um, very little sun that day. Um, so it was bitterly cold. Um, and I basically swam for my life for 13 and a half hours. Um, it took me about two years to recover, honestly. Wow. It really, it really, like I always explain it as, you know, those little life bars on the, on video games, you know, how you get like the little battery pack at the top and it ticks down as you run through the, the little video game environment. Yeah, I was down to like just a little bit of life bar left at the end of that. I was, I was spent. I left it all out there. Um, but, you know, I hung in there and I got it done and. It was a beautiful swim. Uh, we had an amazing trip. I was there with uh, Sarah Thomas and Craig Lenning. The three of us all swam on the same day. Uh, and miracle of miracles, all three of us got across. Um, and we went on the first day of the tide. So as it turned out, this incredibly stressful thing that we had all signed up for. And we, we, didn't even, we knew each other, but not super well at that point. So there was, there was like a little bit of like hesitation, like what happens if you know, one of us doesn't make it? You know, not that, and, and that was one of the beautiful things that happened was that each one of us was, had doubts about ourselves, but had zero doubts about the other two. I mean, like Sarah and Craig, of course they're going to finish. Like, hello, I'm, I'm the J JV kid trying to swim up here. Like this... Uh, I'm the weak link, you know, and that was apparently they were doing the exact same calculation in their heads, which was like a really beautiful, genuine thing. But um, yeah, so we, we were, we were all really stressed and we're all in this shared house and there's just, there's just a lot of tension and stuff. And so we get the call on the first day of the window and, and we all make it, you know, it just, we all hung in there. We all made it. And then afterwards we had this great like 10 day vacation, you know, and it was just, we explored stuff. We went visiting, we, oh, we just had a ball, you know, and it was just, it was so much fun. So much fun, really stressful, really exhausting, but a lot of fun. Awesome. Very cool. Um, do you consider, I want to, I guess I actually want to segue because of that. Um, how, uh, what motivates you to keep going in those really tough times when you're really freezing cold? And yeah. Yeah, I think like in Loch Ness, there was definitely an element of peer pressure. You know, well, Sarah's still swimming. She's still, <laughs> she's still swimming. I need to keep swimming, you know. Um, you know, and I think a lot of it is just that, you know, I trust my training and that, yeah, it's, the whole point is it's supposed to be hard. You know, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do it if it weren't hard and if there wasn't, you know, a, a big risk of failure, like what would be the point? You know, if you were guaranteed to finish, why would it matter? So um, I think some of that is just, okay, well, let's just see, let's just keep going. And my husband um, cruised for me and he's always a huge support. Um, you know, when I start to get a little whiny, he, he can sense it. And he'll, he'll top up my electrolytes and stuff because sometimes that's all it is. Um, you know, and, and when I start to get a little discouraged, it's like, well, just swim to the next feed. Just, just swim to the next feed. And, and he reminds me of that. And, you know, you do those a few times and then all of a sudden you've got another five hours under your belt. So, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot of it is just trying to stay in the moment and not get ahead of ourselves. Well said. Um... How do you adapt to changing conditions? Um, yeah, you know, you mean like um, wind and stuff and chop? 
Yeah, yeah, because I, the, given the current situation, that could, that question can be interpreted a couple different ways. <laughs> On purpose. Uh huh. I figured. Yeah, I figured. Um, yeah, I think like if we're talking about conditions, a lot of it is just keep your head down. Again, don't look ahead. Just keep your head down and just feed to feed. Um, currently, it's like, well, you've got to adapt to survive. So. So now I row on my rowing machine. I'm very grateful I have that. Um, I am happy to have those, those stretch cords that I've been working out on. Um, my husband got me a, a boxing bag thing um, for Christmas that we finally got set up. And I'll tell you that sure came in handy yesterday when I got news that a friend of mine is really not doing well and probably going to die in the next 48 hours. So yeah, I went down and beat the shit out of the bag for a few days or for, for a few, few minutes. And that definitely, uh, that helped, that helped. So you just, you adapt, you find some other coping strategy and um, find something to keep you busy. Yep, well put. Um, how about a uh, process or outcome person? Definitely process. Um, I, I've never been, um, uh, the meats were never my thing. You know, when I was a kid, I was the workout swimmer. I actually never have liked meats. Um, you know, and the setting big goals to do big swims and stuff, it's all just an excuse to get me to train. You know, it's just giving me that reason to get there every day and something to focus on. So, uh, um, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely process. <laughs> it's a good thing to know about yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no question. I mean, the outcomes are nice, but it all depends on whether or not you've done the process properly. Right. You know, it, it just, it always comes back to, to that. Like, have I prepared enough? you know, in the many different dimensions of that, um, in that meaning. So, yeah, it's, uh, process is everything. Yeah. What about, um, what's the worst part of being kind of in lockdown, quarantine, whatever it's called in your state? Um, I think the, the thing that I'm finding most distressing is that we are now a hotspot. Um, that's been declared in the last couple of days, and it's really been kind of breathtaking to see. Uh, we, we had a, We've been having a stay-at-home advisory. Um, that they haven't used the word order, and I don't know why. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of room for interpretation in that in that word choice. And I've seen some things here that really upset me uh, in terms of people not social distancing. And um, I think some of it too is compounded by the fact that my husband works at Trader Joe's, and so he's on the front lines. And I'm hearing stories about what people are are doing and saying in that environment. And it's really kind of breathtaking that how people are not taking this thing seriously. Um, you know, and, and this sucks. It absolutely sucks. I should be at SCAR right now for the first time. I, it's been on my list for years and I finally figured out how to fit it into my schedule for this year. And I was super excited about it and it got canceled and that blows. Um, we had to cancel the Jim Doty swim, which is a one mile swim that I organize here in Boston with some other swimmers here locally um, that honors the legacy of Jim Doty, who was a legendary marathon swimmer in the 70s. We had to can that's in June, so we had to cancel that. Uh, we also uh, canceled the Boston Light Swim, which is the 
the longest running open water swim in the country. Been running since 1907 and we've had to cancel it for the second year in a row because last year we got canceled because of fog. Um, and that really sucks, but all of those things suck a whole lot less than any of my friends or swimmers that we might bring here dying of this fucking disease. I mean, just stay home, people. Just, just stay the fuck home. You have the easiest job in all of this. You know, I, I just, I, I, think, I think the hardest thing is that I get really distressed by people not listening to science and not paying attention to the rules. So, it's not about me. It's not about us as individuals. It's about us as a collective. And the thing that we can do is stop coughing on each other. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what motivates you to keep going? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, 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 the drive and the need to continue making a living, you know, as an independent contractor, um, you know, I run my own business and right now business is good because a lot of people need this content, but I have no idea what is coming up um, down the pike once we get out of the, the worst of this. I, I, some of my clients have sort of suggested that they are losing ad revenue and might not have the same budgets that they've had uh, in, the, in the recent past. So I don't know what's going to happen. So right now, every day is just get up, uh, meet my deadlines, uh, try and find new business. Um, you know, love my kitties really hard. I have a kitty on the bench next to me take care of my husband as best I can when he comes home from work. Um, and just, you know, when I can fit in the workout downstairs, just, you know, beat the shit out of the punching bag. You make me want a punching bag. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's come in handy. I've, I have to be careful though, because I, I got a little carried away yesterday and I was like, I'm going to hurt myself. <laughs> I have to stop now. So kitty, Sue's got a kitty. <laughs> that looks like my kitty. <laughs> it's Popsy. Hey, Popsy. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's kind of my my take on the the situation currently, and I think some of that's informed because uh, by by the work that I'm doing. You know, I'm talking to a lot of um, epidemiologists and virologists, and you know, frontline um, emergency room doctors and so forth, and pulmonologists, and um, without exception, they are painting a really dire a dire picture and they are all saying, you know, the message that we want to get out is just stay home. Um, we've just got to slow the transmission of this thing until there's a, a vaccine. And, and it's, uh, it's distressing. I just filed the other day a story for USMS about, you know, when we're going to swim again. And uh, it might be a while. I, I'm the bearer of bad news there. It might be a while. Yeah. Uh, the 21 season might not happen either. I, it's hard to say. It's really going to depend on, you know, how quickly the, you know, the, the researchers get the vaccine out and how good we get with testing and contract tracing and so forth. So there's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, that was a good article. I read that last night. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, for, <laughs> Thanks for putting it together, though. It's so helpful to have those pieces coming out. Yeah. Um, let's see what other questions I want to ask. Um, aspiring marathon swimmers, what would be your little piece of advice to them? Uh, befriend a veteran marathon swimmer. Uh, find somebody who will sort of take you under their wing and sort of, um, you know, help you through some of the initial questions and so forth. Um, I think that's gotten a whole lot easier in the last 10 years with the internet and the forum and, 
I mean, I, <laughs> I swam the channel in 2009 and that was back when the only source of information on the web about the channel was that ancient Yahoo chat group that, um, uh, the, I don't know, it was mostly British swimmers and they would all parade each other for any time somebody asked a stupid question. And, oh God, it was funny. It was so, you know, it, it's funny how, I guess, I guess the, the point of that anecdote is that a lot has changed in the last 10 years and the information is a lot more accessible. So, so to do the research, get out there, uh, connect with other people because there's this wealth of information just locked up inside of, every other marathon swimmer who's done the swim that you want to do. So um, just ask, buy, buy me a beer and I will talk to you all night. You know? <laughs> You've been extremely helpful to me. I remember after I finished the, the first year, I did the Memphis Magog 10 mile swim, which was probably a 2011 or 12 or something. Mm -hmm. And like, I, and I was like, Oh my God, that was amazing. Like, what can I do next? Um, and I stumbled on your blog just somehow. Uh -huh. <laughs> and and then it, and then it was just like it opened my eyes to this whole world <laughs> out there. And anyway, it was. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, it's a good yeah, way to yeah. do it. Like find find someone yeah. who can take you under their wing and help you. You've been very right. helpful to me. Thank oh, you. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, I have one last question. What's your mm -hmm. superpower? Oh, my superpower. Oh, goodness. I know you, I knew you sent the questions to me. I, had I didn't send that one. <laughs> okay. All right. So I was like, I don't remember that one. Um, my superpower. Oh, gosh. I think, I think it's, uh, I think my superpower might be taking complex information and distilling it down for, for people who might not have the background to understand it. You're also a very prolific writer. <laughs> very prolific. Very I love prolific. it. Yes, I, I need a nap. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thanks for chatting with us today, Elaine. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks, Elaine. Thank you so much. We're a little over time, so I won't open the floor, but I'll talk to you guys again on Thursday. Very good. See ya. Thanks. Bye. 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 hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>